0: On today's episode of HIPAA Talk, Andrew Kroninger, TotalHIPAA's Director of Customer Success, speaks with Eric Kangas. Eric is the CEO of LuxEye, a company that provides HIPAA-compliant email encryption, web hosting, forms, and sending services. Join us as the two discuss cybersecurity challenges for small and medium-sized businesses. Eric gives excellent advice for all small businesses especially those required to be HIPAA compliant. Thank you for
1: listening. You've joined a podcast, HIPAA Talk. My name is Andrew Croninger. I am the Director of Customer Success for Total HIPAA Compliance. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with Eric Congas, the CEO of Luxi. With more than 20 years engaged in both academic research and software architecture, Eric has brought two strains of his analytical background together in 1999 as he founded Luxi, which provides robust solutions for scalable email and web hosting services, with a primary focus on the healthcare industry. Eric is now Technical Advisor to the Board of Directors of Metaprocity. He advises the board on C-level management issues related to architecture, security, HIPAA, and software optimization. Eric also consults on the email best practices, secure website architectures, and HIPAA compliance. Eric continues to advance the mission of Luxi to ensure that sensitive individual information online remains secure and private. Eric, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank How you, are you, Andrew. Doing? I'm doing great. It's
2: one of the rare sunny days over in the Boston area right now, so I'm happy to be on this podcast.
1: Excellent. Well, we definitely appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. So we were reading one of your blogs on the challenges of cybersecurity issues related to small and medium businesses. And we thought this would be a great topic for one of our podcasts. So we wanted to ask you a few questions, and thank you for sparing the time to to answer them for us. So what are, Eric, what are some of the biggest cybersecurity challenges that small and medium businesses face today? Oh, there's a lot of them, uh,
2: but I think some of the biggest ones include a lack of oversight, especially the smaller the business is the uh, less understanding they have and the less oversight there is of what's going on technologically in their company. You have people coming in and out, bringing their own computers, laptops, phones. You have a lack of policies about what should be on these things and when they should be updated, and you have a lack of control about how they're used. Uh, Furthermore, what you see is a bit of a Wild West mentality in that things got to get done, they got to get done quickly. So if we need a new service, you just go Google search it, you find one of the first things that you can find, the price is okay, you buy it, you sign up for it, you get it rolling and you're done and you forget about it. And that's about the last thing that you want to do from a security point of view, because you end up with a proliferation of really unvetted services that kind of half work where the security is really not well defined in the context of what your business needs to do. So getting that all under control and getting things streamlined is a huge challenge for small, medium businesses.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We see that in our customers. So, yes, yeah, I, I agree with that totally. And what do you think are the factors that make small, and medium-sized businesses vulnerable? Even when a small or medium business has a
2: plan, has some accountability, one of the things that we find is a set-it-and-forget-it mentality because they're small. They don't have a lot of resources, they don't have a lot of money, they don't have a lot of time. So, they tend to skimp on employee training and awareness and security from year to year, people sort of get lazy, they do what's easy, they do what gets the job done, but they're not constantly reinforced to do things properly. You know, with email, phishing being one of the major vectors for malware, people get lazy and click on anything, and they get infected, and it only takes one, right? And what I mentioned before is the Wild West mentality. Without without adequate controls, uh, you have a big amount of vulnerability coming through people just setting up random services, devices, software inside of their network and attaching it to their infrastructure causing lots of weaknesses. And what kinds of attacks do these companies typically face? Well, 90% of attacks come through email. Uh, Most of the malware that people see comes from opening emails that are sent to them maliciously, comes through links or attachments on email, but also we see a lot of drive-by malware going to websites that are set up maliciously, Uh, up 2016, which is already several years ago, it was noted that one in three website requests led to a malware page. So if you're in a hospital and you're clicking around the Internet, you better be sure you have a strong amount of protection and a good amount of common sense into where you go and what you click on. In addition to those, we see that people are constantly probing every website, every service, every public-facing server for vulnerabilities. People are weaponizing these vulnerabilities and searching for for uh, vulnerable systems all the time. And so if you have systems that are online that are lagging behind the curve in terms of being updated then these automated scans are going to find your system, take advantage of those flaws. So it's a challenge for small and medium businesses to sort of keep up the pace of keeping things updated. And that makes them especially vulnerable compared to larger organizations that have dedicated teams for that.
1: And do you find that small medium-sized businesses make cybersecurity a priority, or do you find, you know, general apathy in the market? It, that's a complicated question. If you were to talk to any of the major leaders in
2: a small or medium business, security is a priority for them they want things to be secure they want the whole security problem to just kind of go away and not bother them because they're once again they're busy um but we do see a a bit of an apathy in terms of resources they 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 tend to set it and forget it they tend to go through periods where they decide oh my god my hair is on fire there's problems out there let's devote everything we have to solving this and then once that incident goes away they forget it for another year, and that leads to this, con- this thing I was just mentioning a minute ago about systems lagging behind, getting insecure, and creating vulnerabilities. Um, we also see a little bit of cynicism in that, you know, everything's insecure, everything's always getting worse, so why bother? We see that especially in smaller organizations who don't have the resources to keep up. They feel discouraged. Um, and so sort of the, getting them trained to the point of view where they understand that you can't be perfect you have to be good enough uh, is important. It's the analogy of a house, right? If you're in the middle of an inner city, you're not going to leave your house unlocked and go to the store. You're going to have bars and you're going to have locks. If you're in a suburb, you may not have bars in your windows. So it's understanding your context in your neighborhood and doing things that are at least adequate to help protect you rather than just assuming that
1: if you can't solve all the problems, you might as well solve none of them. Yeah, I can imagine a lot of our listeners can definitely relate to the hair on fire comment. Mm-hmm. So, your company offers HIPAA compliance, so several HIPAA compliant solutions. What are they, what do they do, and why do you think they're important to small, medium-sized businesses?
2: Yeah, our HIPAA compliant solutions focus on communications, primarily. Focus on email. We are talking to your colleagues and vendors, uh, large-scale email regarding marketing. Also, website communications, you know, receiving data from forms like patient intake forms and subscription forms and contact us forms and just general website security. We have other ancillary services too, but looking at the communications infrastructure for a company as a whole and providing a unified platform where they can sort of do things in the right way. Uh, and that's especially important for small and medium businesses where they don't have a lot of expertise on site to know how to set up and manage these kinds of software solutions themselves. It's really complicated and requires a large degree of technical expertise to do things properly. So they find that outsourcing and partnering with companies relieves a lot of their risk and a lot of the effort that they have to spend so they can focus on what they actually need to do.
1: Okay. And what do you feel makes your solutions uh, HIPAA compliant? That's a great question
2: because if you do searches online and you search for HIPAA compliance, you know, there's a million vendors for a million different kinds of solutions from storage to email to everything else, and they all say HIPAA compliant. And it's a bit of a misnomer because a service or solution can't in and of itself be HIPAA compliant because HIPAA compliance is a process that a company has to go through to assure that they're protecting all the patient information properly. It encompasses a lot of technical uh, facilities. For example, if you're using email, making sure that things are encrypted, making sure that you know who logged in when, making sure you know you have backups for things, etc. there's a, lo- a laundry list of technical things you need to do. And a company like Luxai makes sure that that laundry list is available, and you can choose which of the things on the list are appropriate for your business. But beyond some of those technical things there are included a lot of other requirements of HIPAA when you're using email, per se. And some of those things include Understanding the risks, like if I'm using this vendor, is this vendor HIPAA compliant? Am I signing the proper contracts with him? Am I training my employees on how to properly use email? Did I get filtering in place? Do they know how to use it? Do they know what PHI actually is? I mean, this, am I making lo- documentation of all the things I'm doing every year, what, from training to auditing to, you know, et cetera? Am I able to destroy my PHI when it's no longer needed? Am I able to actually access it if my business burns down? And so all of these things may be related to email, but they're not necessarily all things that Luxi or any other email provider can provide for you, because it has to be done in the holistic context of your business and how it operates. So Luxi, like many other providers, provides a service
1: that you can use in a HIPAA compliant way. But it's in the end up to you to do things right. And that's a great point, Eric. I mean, it's customer due diligence and they've got to, to follow through. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I find when I speak to customers about uh, HIPAA compliance in general is the cost. And what are some of the hidden costs of cyber
2: attacks? So there's a lot of costs involved in a cyber attack. Let's say you just got attacked, what happens? Well, if there's a lot of breaches, like more than 500 records, you have to talk to Health and Human Services. That's going to get you on their website immediately. Uh, even if it's a small breach, you have to tell them by the end of the year uh, the people whose data was breached have to be notified. So how are you going to notify them yes, that's going to cost you some money? Once you determine there is a breach, how are you going to investigate it to determine exactly what was breached and whose data was involved? How are you going to communicate to everybody through social media, the press, the blogs? How are you going to then uh, update your systems to correct that in the future? Um, And then a big one people don't think about is, you know, let's get cyber insurance, right, because that will protect you in case there is a problem, which is true. But once you have a breach, their cyber insurance fees are going to go way up if you can get them at all. Um, So that's a cost that's rarely discussed, is, is keeping up with your insurance and your reputation in the eyes of different kinds of vendors.
1: Absolutely. You know, we tell our clients that having a breach does not just cost them the legal fees that may be incurred but also the loss of business, you know, bad PR, um, and then all these ancillary intangible things as well. So it's, it's, it's a major deal. It's, a, it's very costly. True. And one other
2: cost I just wanted to bring up is that when you're in a breach scenario, everything has to be discovered and solved as quickly as possible. Uh, it's going to cost you a whole lot more money. And, and to pay the experts to come in and solve these problems, ASAP, versus paying people to do it on a more timely basis ahead of time. So that's sort of the ounce of prevention is, is uh, much more affordable when you're dealing with timelines.
1: Absolutely. So, Eric, in your experience, how are HIPAA and cybersecurity related? And what I mean by that is what security measures do small and medium-sized businesses need to take to protect their business from cyber attacks and to protect that all-important PHI? In my opinion, cybersecurity is a subset of HIPAA.
2: Cybersecurity is focusing on all the technical safeguards and things you need to do to the data and isn't really addressing all the other ancillary things we discussed that HIPAA requires you to do, like making documentation and policies and so forth. But there's a whole lot of things that are included under that umbrella. and. It would take hours just to go through in minute detail all the things one could do. But from some sort, of, from like a gross 10-foot pole point of view, there's a lot of things that are involved in cybersecurity. There's making sure that important data that's being transmitted across the Internet and within your systems is encrypted, making sure that that data is encrypted or protected when it's sitting at rest on hard drives or on laptops, making sure that your servers and your laptops and your networks are hardened or protected against um, malicious attack, making sure that patches and service updates are constantly being applied to the systems, making sure that you have audit trails so you know who what, who, what, when, and why everything is happening. For example, I just got a 1,000 login attempts on my account. There must be something going on. You know, where are they coming from and how can we block that? And then sort of more fundamental things, like just understanding where is all of the sensitive data in your system. Not only just what is PHI, but where is it? Is it on on your servers in the office? Is it in this cloud provider? Is it flowing through these channels to that vendor? Make a map of it all and understand then what all the risks are to your data. What could go wrong? Ask that question. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, my vendor could have a breach. If my vendor had a breach, then all this data is exposed, and what's that going to do to me? So, you have to ask those questions, and then you have to continually take steps to mitigate those possible risks prioritize them in terms of the risk and the potential impact and and the cost involved in addressing them and then constantly work on that it has to be a process that is there for the entire life of your business to constantly constantly work on that process because things only getting worse you know attacks only get more effective that they become only becomes more vulnerabilities so this has to be a process
1: yeah absolutely I, i i wholeheartedly agree with you there I find that um, some of our customers have this this mindset that it's a a one-and-done kind of thing, where they can purchase it once and go away with it. But the environment, like you said, is constantly evolving, constantly maturing, and so it requires ongoing maintenance. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel that small, medium-sized businesses are allocating the limited resources that they have to implement IT security? Um, everybody has to perform
2: a risk assessment every year under HIPAA. So they start with that, and if they don't have a really great IT team in, in-house, or even if they do, they really should hire some third-party experts to help them with this process, because new eyes always provide new information. And, you, and especially in security, you don't want to assume that you're always right and you know everything. Um, Luxi hires ex- external consultants all the time to help us gain insight into various things that are going on, because that's a best practice. So once you have this risk assessment, then you can allocate your resources to um, make sure that your practices and your policies and your vendors are all in order. You can outsource technologies to remove risks because it's usually cheaper to outsource things than it is to do them yourself, and you can make sure that your staff is well trained and has a defensive mindset. Unless you have that kind of culture, you're you're at a big risk because, like I said before about email being one of the biggest vectors for attack. The reason it's so successful is because human error. People aren't thinking, they're busy, they're distracted. It's easy to become infected just because of a lack of attention. So creating that attention will go a long, long way to protecting a small business. And that's not that expensive. And
1: realistically, how much should this business actually spend? Yeah, I've seen that question
2: a lot. And in thinking about it, I've, I've come to realize it's kind of the wrong question. Because you're trying to, uh, trying to budget, you could have several businesses that have the same revenue that whose business practices are dr- drastically different, who should be spending way different amounts of money on, on cybersecurity. So, what they really should do is do this risk analysis and understand what is my IT footprint? If you have a very complicated situation, you had to allocate a lot of resources to uh, simplify it or to mitigate those problems. If you're of a much simpler thing like you could be a very large uh, medical practice but still be mostly paper and you may have a very small IT footprint and therefore the cost of cybersecurity for you may actually be quite modest now you may want to be changing that in the future as you go digital but that will come with planning so you have to take it in, in the context of your own organizational organization's footprint
1: and what are good ways for small medium-sized businesses to hold down the cost when they are attempting to implement security measures
2: yeah, two good ways. One is to minimize the complexity and the footprint. So if you can simplify things by buying multiple things from one vendor or just not using five different ad, chat, and email programs, not only does that lower your cost, but it also lowers your security risk because there's less of a, a surface for people to attack you on. Um, another thing is to outsource whenever possible because your cost of that is less. And the risk is less because you're deferring the risk to experts who know how to deal with that. And um, the third thing I would say, which is a little bit counterintuitive, is if you want to hold down the costs, don't shop based only on price. Because when you're shopping in security based on price, especially if you are not already an expert, you're likely to buy subpar services. Um, it's like getting ingestion because you bought cheap food on the street. <laughs> you know, it's it, it <laughs> in your wallet today, but then you're going to pay for it tomorrow. You, you get what you pay for in the land of security.
1: So I'm sure a lot of our customers, uh, small, medium-sized businesses, are are listening to this and, and they're thinking, you know, in some degree that, that it, it's costly. What happens if there's a breach? What do they have to do? Uh, in, the, in the aftermath of a data breach? Right.
2: So, first thing you have to do is uh, hire security companies to help you clean up your networks and your systems, especially for small medium business businesses who don't have dedicated IT teams. You don't have the resources to deal with the breach. So, you're going to be hiring these companies, you're going to be paying a premium for them because time is of the essence. Then, you may be hiring developers and consultants to fix security problems in your own system. At this point, you're trying to not only fix the current problem, but avoid another problem that may come up or two months down the road, because being hit twice in a row, not you're already a, somebody who just got breached, would be terrible. Then you're going to have fines from Health and Human Services, possibly, due to HIPAA breaches. You're going to have to pay for public relations and marketing to help sort of ease the impact of the fact that you just had a breach on your customer base. You're going to have the cost of lost sales and revenue, both because you're getting fewer customers. You may lose deals or because current customers leave you. You're going to have the cost of notifying customers that are affected. Um, Oftentimes, companies then offer identity protection for customers when the information breached could be used for identity theft. Um, That costs money. You then have to retrain your staff and or hire new staff uh, to help prevent this kind of thing from happening again. Uh, As I mentioned before, your insurance deductibles may go up. Uh, and your insurance premiums may go up. Even if you can get insurance after that, that's a significant cost, both in terms of your product roadmap and your business operations, but even just in terms of payroll. So all these things together add up to a lot. And even if you have insurance, insurance doesn't cover all of these things. It covers some of them, like identity protection. It may cover some of your public relations.
1: So I know we've we kind of alluded to this on, on several occasions, but. I want to bring this point home so for our listeners. Is it more expensive to implement security beforehand and do it right than in order to prevent a breach or attack or deal with it in the aftermath? Um, it's once again the
2: old announcer prevention. Uh, looking at 2017, the average cost for medium-sized businesses was about $2 million for a breach. That was about a $1 million for a damage or theft or correction to IT assets and about a million dollars for disruption to normal business for various reasons. So $2 million. If you had just spent, if they had spent 10% of that or about $200,000, um, that may have gone a long way to if not eliminating the possibility of breach altogether than to mitigating the impacts of it. The $200,000 sounds like a lot, but when you think of it as 10% of $2 million, um, it doesn't seem like so much. Um, but, even so, we're not saying you should spend $200,000, it has to be in the context of your own business. But, definitely, the costs are very high when there's a significant breach.
1: Absolutely. So, in your experience in the industry, Eric, when you look at cybersecurity spending between small medium businesses and large enterprises, what do you see as the difference?
2: The first is people.
1: Small businesses generally don't have
2: dedicated security teams, whereas larger enterprises have dedicated departments that are focused on security and IT and oversight. Um, So they spend a lot more on people, whereas the small businesses spend a lot more on outsource. Um, The enterprises, because they have larger budgets and they have a much lower tolerance for risk in general, they're going to spend a lot more money on more advanced security features to increase their profile, and some of these things could include Uh, disaster recovery solutions, they could include systems for real-time analysis of events. They're paying for dedicated eyes on their systems where people's job literally is to be watching their systems for failure, for breach, for security incidents, so they can respond to those as fast as possible. And they're paying for sort of premium relationships with
1: vendors. What are the top five things that you recommend a small business does right now to protect themselves? The first thing I would do
2: is make sure that you have a state-of-the-art inbound email filtering system on your email. Don't just use, like, Gmail email or something. Get something that is going to protect you against spam and viruses and malware and phishing and malicious links. 90% of malware comes in that way. The more you can do to offload potentially malicious things from your end users, the better. Because you don't want to put them in a position where they can make a mistake. It's affordable. Second, make sure that you have backups and archival of everything. Whatever important data you have, make sure it's backed up and make sure it's backed up in different places uh, with different frequencies and different types of software. Uh, The same goes for email archival. Make sure that your email is also backed up in that way separately from your regular email on a separate system where you can access it in in case of emergency or in case of a lawsuit for that matter. That's also not very expensive. Third, definitely perform a risk analysis. Everybody under HIPAA has to perform risk analyses frequently, like once a year. So do that and pay a consultant to help you. Then the last thing is outsource everything that you're not an expert in. The money that you spend on that will be aggravation and risk that you're removing from your company.
1: Well, Eric, you've given us a lot of insight, and I greatly appreciate that. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, security is
2: scary, and it's messy, and it's constantly involving, and it's very easy to do it very wrong. There's examples in the news every single week of small, medium, and big companies just making mistakes, not updating things, losing laptops, not having backups. Uh, most of the problems that you read about, these are things that can be solved easily that you can find out with risk analysis. So just make sure that you do the basics. And make sure that you have a conscious effort on the part of your organization to set your security bar high enough that you're not going to be caught out by the common issues. And that's going to save you from most of the problems. If you look at the statistics, you see that like half of the businesses are having some kind of security issue every year. But what they don't say is that 80 percent of businesses have really poor security. Um, So if you look at it from that context, if you can get yourself into the top 20 percent that has you know, adequate good or excellent security, your chance of having a breach is greatly reduced. It doesn't cost
1: a lot to do the right things to help insulate yourself from them. Well, thank you for that information. Thanks for everything you shared with us today, Eric. Today's speaker has been Eric Kangas, CEO of Luxi Corporation. We strongly recommend you, you go out and go to luxi.com and take a look at their website. And learn more about them. They have some excellent blogs there as well.
0: Eric, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode of HIPAA Talk. If you have any questions that you would like to communicate with our experts, you can find us on Twitter at TotoHIPAA or our website, www.totohippa.com, or email us at infototohippa.com. Be sure to check out Luxi's many offerings. Including email encryption, secure web hosting, forms, and sending services. Thanks for listening.